Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, we're back together sitting here. And it's been an emotional hour. We've been sitting here just just talking, just talking about life and about love and about courtesy and kindness. And there is just such a lack of awareness at times about what this life is, how soon it could end the trauma that we can face, the the loss that we go through, just the the delicate nature of life. There was a Swami once, and I may have shared this story, who talked about how he lived imagining that there was a scimitar hanging over his head, suspended by a spider's web. And at any moment, that web might sever, the scimitar might fall down. His life would end. This also reminds me, the sadhu that you talked about, who woke up every morning saying that today is a great day to die because, because I've lived, because I've appreciated this life. And we've gotten to a point where many of us do the opposite. In fact, it's interesting that we're having this conversation about courtesy and and just living. I was having a similar conversation this morning with a friend of mine talking about my own mental space. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we're doing, the social media, the daily anxieties, just a lot of nonsense, a lot of noise, checking emails, checking stock quotes, always some pull on the attention. And then you overlay that with the drama that we go through, the pettiness, the grudges that we hold. And there's never any peace. There's never any silence. And as I was walking around this morning in this beautiful L.A. sunshine, in this open atmosphere, talking to a dear friend, my mind was clear. And I was describing how I need to set more limits. I need to set more boundaries around myself and make sure that I don't allow pettiness and technology and daily aggravations to take hold of my consciousness because that's not a state that gives me anything back. It's a state of perpetual anxiety. And there's a a trick that maybe we fall victim to, you know, maybe it's an illusion that what we're doing is so important that we have to do this. We have to see results. We have to grind. We have to keep on going. And certainly some of that is true. I don't want to take away from this idea that we, we want to progress and we want to work. But we also have to keep the the process in mind because ultimately life is a collection of moments. And this process that we go through from moment to moment is ultimately what defines us and defines our experience. So if we're so focused on the end result that we're not here or we just feel anxious in the morning or we're worried and we don't know why, that's not a life that we want to live. So the question maybe for today's conversation is how do we use this idea 
to just live better, to create a more harmonious environment for ourselves. And maybe if we do that, that can extend to the community around us. We can start building from there. And the conversation that we started having was around courtesy and the importance of courtesy. And courtesy might seem like a very trivial thing, but it speaks a lot about our state of mind. It speaks a lot about what we value, about how we treat people, about the types of relationships that we want to cultivate. And just having a basic level of courtesy makes life much easier to navigate. We can flow much more easily. There's not that constant conflict. There's not that drama. There's a recognition of others' humanity. There's a recognition of a bigger connection, a bigger community that we're a part of. I think there's a certain amount of safety in that. There's maybe a certain amount of purpose, recognizing that, yes, we're here for a finite amount of time, but our value extends beyond ourselves. And we see it reflected in the people that we touch and that we care about. So courtesy becomes fundamental, and I'm going to get your perspective on this in a second. What's interesting is somehow we've we've reached the opposite of courtesy. And I don't know if that's... I don't think it's intentional. Maybe that's just how society has evolved. And I'll share a story. Because when I first moved to New York, I would go out. I was on the dating scene. And I would meet young ladies from a variety of places. Some who'd been in New York for a while. Some who'd just come. And whenever I met someone who'd moved to New York within a year, who'd been there for less than 12 months, I could always tell. Because they were too damn nice. They were too open. They were too friendly. And once you hit that 12-month mark, something changed. There was a certain protective shell that you developed, which repelled people, possibly out of necessity, probably out of necessity, because there's just so much stimulus. There's so much that you have to contend with. There's so many people who are trying to extract things from you without providing anything in return. So you need that protective layer. But it was always refreshing to meet someone who just moved mm-hmm. three months, six months. It, a completely different experience. When we get away from big cities and we go to smaller communities, it's also a similar feel. You have people who smile at you on the street. You have people who just have conversations, who are willing to engage. There's more of this level of courtesy. So I want to explore this a little bit. And maybe to kick this off, Z. Talk to us a bit about your view on courtesy. What does it say about us? What does it say when we are a courteous society versus one where we're tearing each other apart? Well, Vin, courtesy is one of the most basic indicators of civility and higher levels of consciousness. And when you think about civility, the ability to interact in a healthy way with a number of people within and outside of your familiar group, which is what cultures are initially built upon, either the the abundance or lack of courtesy. And cultures that flourish tend to be courteous cultures. Um, I didn't say perfect cultures. I said they flourish. They tend to flourish and do better. And when I think of what that means in everyday living from a point of view of mental, emotional, spiritual health, is that when you're courteous 
you tend to have less uh, accumulation of negative anxiousness. Without courtesy, there is hostility. There is a constant sense of being set upon. I better get mine before you get it. Um, you see predators where they're not. You become that thing that you don't want to be. When we strive for higher levels of consciousness and a better, uh, a better frequency of living, a higher frequency of living, courtesy is something we develop first as a technique, then as a skill, and then as a habit. Courtesy requires the idea that you're not owed anything from anybody. So whenever graciousness is presented to you, you show it by a courteous act. Or you first extend yourself in courtesy. At one time, courtesy and chivalry were connected. Where you would see a, a, a young woman, uh, elderly person, or a person who was burdened in some way, you would open the door for them. And you would patiently wait and say, you can go first. Well, they may not have needed you to do that, but imagine how it elevated you to simply offer service without expectation of reward and what it said about the world that you were a part of, your role in this world. It's just beautiful human commerce. Well, we've moved away from that. Even that behavior, chivalry is even considered offensive nowadays. Then you look at social issues, diplomacy. The world is at the brink of a war, and nobody's discussing courtesy or diplomacy. People go right to more war. So this is the age of road rage. This is the age of petty skirmish. Or anything that vaguely resembles a slight is met with an extreme reaction, negative reaction, not a positive reaction, extremely negative. It diminishes our humanity because it's more isolating and withdrawing. It is less gregarious. It is far less cooperative when you're discourteous. Yielding the right of way to someone, even on the roadways, has now become an extraordinary act. The other day I was moving into traffic and set my dipper, as they say in India, the blinker, uh, to move into a lane and someone sped by and I just said to hell without turn the blinker off and just push my way into the next lane. I noticed a car flashing lights to me and he waved me over. He blocked so I could get over. I waved back at him and finally we drive there. He got next to me and he just gave me a thumbs up. I gave him a thumbs up. Just a nice gesture, but it was so rare. It was just like, wow, there's hope. That's what courtesy does. It gives you that sense of hope that we are a civilized creature. It gives opportunities for diplomacy. You don't have to call people bad names. Think about the, again, we, I, I use the politics of the day as kind of a, a, a register of where we're at as a species. The world is on the brink of a nuclear war, and instead of what is the benefit of insulting different leaders, whether you agree with them or not? What, what is the real benefit? 
Oh, he's, he's, he's a genocidal maniac. He's dead, dead. He's out of his mind. He's that's not nice. It's not courteous. What if he was crazy? Would that help? It's like you hear these things about the police are called for a mental health situation and the person's running around a tree with a teddy bear suit on or something and they're out of their mind. The cops said, freeze right there, get that shit, and blows them away. But no, they just needed some understanding. Maybe they just needed space. Or maybe they just needed someone to help restrict their injury to their self. They didn't need you to murder them. So when we're courteous, we don't go right to murder. We don't go right to escalate. Diplomacy and statesmanship are high, very high levels of skills that require extraordinary intelligence that is cultivated because it's valued. People are escalating conflicts. Everything from road rage. You had your, your subway shooter in New York. And people are, oh my God, this is terrible, but it's not unheard of. It's terrible, but it's not unheard of. It is the bi-weekly norm in America today that people are so removed from civility from one another. There's such a level of unconcern for one another that we're now just wondering when the next one, we have to look at our clock, look at your watch, say, okay, when's the next crazed shooter? And sometimes you hear these weird stories that they were mistreated so much they just snap. It's like road rage. Really nice people get involved in road rage. And they, whenever they get them, they, they, they finally arrest them. They say, why did you chase a person 10 miles on the freeway throwing at th bottles at them while they're shooting at you? I don't know. I just got caught up in it. You didn't get caught up in kindness. You didn't get caught up in courtesy. You weren't chasing each other down to thank you or to, to, to give the blue ribbon of the day. You, you got so worked up, you're willing to kill another person. And then when you're questioned on it, you can't even explain why. Well, we have normalized this lack of courtesy, this lack of graciousness, and the lack of devotion. I would say the solution to that, for those of us who are opting out of this madness, is to work on that courtesy mechanism in ourselves. We are not entitled to a good life. We are not entitled to friends, family, or anything. You're not entitled to a damn thing. So if you do get those rewards of life, those gifts of life that are bestowed upon your undeserving self, be gracious. Be courteous. Oh, my God. If you don't say thank you, show it. Put more effort into something. Words are very empty, but actions are very full. Do nice things. Not that you're, you don't even have to go out of your way. Even in your own life, just be considerate of the people in your life as if you weren't going to have them anymore. That's what we were discussing earlier. If you knew that that person wouldn't exist anymore, how would you treat them like Buddha said? Just gracious, call them up, check in. I'm genuinely glad to see people. 
when I, we teach classes, pretty Tony and I teach classes every day. And you turn on that camera, people used to be in the class, I'm just glad to see you're okay. And me being glad elevates my spirit. There's a lot of stress in this world. There's tremendous stresses in this world. There are basic stresses of survival. Our economy is in a free fall. We're just coming out of a devastating economy that wiped out many businesses. And through the grace of the divine, I am surrounded by loving people who have a respect and admiration for the work that I do that has allowed us to keep going. I am so grateful for that. I am so humbled by it. I acknowledge with a bowed head that I am fortunate and I'm gifted and I'm graced with love in my life. And so for that reason, I'm going to always be courteous. You know, I talked to you about that. That's why little things I met my, let myself do. I always tell you after we talk, hey, man, I love you. I say that to everybody. I say that to everybody. I really do. Because if I can't be loving, I'm nothing. I'm, one, I'm, I'm a road rager. I'm a subway shooter. When that part of you is gone, that's what makes it possible for you to do crazy stuff. That's what makes you demented. That's what makes you so overwrought with anxiety you can't function. Anxiety, the disease that's hitting everybody, is, can be directly related to our graciousness as human beings. Can you wait your turn? Can you let your dust settle? Can you be still? Can you take your turn? See, anxiety is a lot about people who don't want to take their turn. You go somewhere, an anxious person, what's next? What's next? Nothing's next. Death is next. That's what I tell people. Death is next. So you might as well enjoy where you're at right now. Because the next thing is death. The unknown. Now, now let's back the hell up and just be right here. You know how that thing you do sometimes, right, when your kids fall asleep and you just look at them in amazement? Look how much they've grown. Look at this nutty, crazy little person that thinks I'm the cat's meow. What a lucky fool I am. I am so grateful. So I'll extend courtesy that I get to witness this. I don't deserve it. I've never done anything that's deserve. I don't deserve anything. So I'm gifted with it. So courtesy is about that humbling of your ego. Sometimes people do a nice, they say, thank you. You know, we walked in the store and we went to just stick our head in and say hi to Therese. Did you see her face light up? Hi! I didn't do anything today. Got a smile from a lady that's working too hard. I was here on Earth. I did something on Earth. I didn't destroy the planet. Didn't promote a war. Didn't break up anybody's home. Finished my day, nobody died so far. How grateful am I? And I listened to, we were starting earlier, I listened to people who have never really been through stuff, and, and I hear the, I hear the omens of tragedy coming. I was telling Caitlin the other day how fortunate it is to have and be in love. As, as miserable as marriage can be, we don't want to be anywhere else, right, Ben? So she was saying, well, I wouldn't do, it, do different things for somebody in love. I wouldn't do anything for them. I said, wow, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't put any effort into it. He'd take me or leave me to hell with him. 
I said, wow, what a witch. And you haven't faced the hole. When you face that cold pit in your heart when somebody's gone or the emptiness of this world, that warmth of love you do anything for. You're like a person freezing in cold weather would do anything for heat. Just need a forest fire. Having loved people in your life is the force, is, is the campfire on a freezing day. You want to hover around it and say, you know what, I'm so grateful for this. And I'm going to treat that fire with such courtesy that it keeps going. I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to put some more logs on the fire because it, it keeps me going. But I understand where uh, Caitlin comes from because she doesn't know anything. Uh, she told me you know, she had two or three boyfriends in her whole life. She didn't know anything. Pretty Tony had three or four girlfriends. They were all dysfunctional. So they're just learning about life. They're like sixth graders going off to junior high school. So, you know, so I, I get it. So hopefully through my experiences and my, my words, it'll mean something to them. And they could stop for a second and say, hey, we're fortunate. And always extend that courtesy. And Caitlin won't be such a witch. Yeah, I, I've never said any you, of that. You said that, Caitlin. You said that so crazy the other you, day. What? I wouldn't do anything for somebody I love. I forget them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll be by myself. She just went real crazy. Yeah, that's just went real shenane on me. You did say you wouldn't sacrifice. Yeah, she no, said because, that. We were listening. No, because like Rumi says, oh, or God. not Rumi, but don't, if don't you quote love me. someone, they should, that love should feel free. And that's, I've asked my dad, I asked my dad, because my parents have been married together for like 38 years. I was like, do you think marriage is hard? And my dad was just like, no. He, he can't tell you that his daughter. Nobody tells their kids that. Don't like, use your dad. Ask us. Ask me and Vin. No, I'm going to, I want to. Ask Vin and I. I ask wanted Vin to ask someone who's been. No, you, you have to ask somebody you don't know that's not your dad. But the, the length of time they've been together. No, no, it doesn't count. That's your dad. Okay. Well, okay, ask somebody who's not your dad. Ask me. No, because I know your. Okay, ask Vin. Okay, ask Vin. Ask Vin. Yeah, how long do you need? It's been 17 years. Yeah. It's been a long time. Well,. It's not 38. And I can't ask my grandparents. They've been together for 60 years. Yeah. Well, at that point, it's called way, way, way. You don't exist anymore. You're just so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife. That's like having kids, right? You go to school, you're not even a person. You're just so-and-so's dad. Yeah, and you're happy about that. Yeah, yeah. So when you're married, um, it's different, man. It's, it's, it's like you find somebody, but you, it's like your own self. It's weird. It, there's no romance. There's none of that stuff. I mean, you could fake it, have romance night or something, but it's staged. But it's okay. I mean, it's just one less thing you have to worry about. When you're at, I don't want to be single dating. Now that you and Pretty Tony are boyfriend and girlfriend, isn't it much easier than being single and dating? It's a nightmare. For you guys, it's even more... Because you get blowfished and all this other stuff on the on the Twittergrams. You know, the, whatever it's called, where some dude will say he's a hot chick and show up and it's like Blow a nice... Sounds fun. What's it called? Blowfishing or goldfishing? Catfishing. What's catfishing? Yeah. 
So you guys got to deal with all that stuff. When you're married, you got to deal with all that stuff. Right, Van? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, the girl's right there. You know, everything's, you know, it is what it is. Up or down. You know, you, you know what you're working with. Yeah. You don't have to go through all that. If you not, you guys didn't date a lot. See, you guys didn't date a lot. That's miserable. They have horror shows now about dating. Yeah, we watch. They have horror shows. It is a horror out there. So, and you might get a good date. It might be fun. You might get out of it without a communicable disease that alters your whole life. <laughs> you know, when you're married, you're just going to worry about stuff like that. You don't have to worry about exes uh, stalking you. I've had all that. Right? Exes stalking you and uh, people not quite telling you the whole story. You know what I mean? Then you got to figure out how to kick them out of your house. They like your house. The next day they want to just linger around. Look, I got to go to work. Weren't you going to leave? No, I want to hang out at your house all day. No, no, I got to get restraining orders. When you're married, you just don't have to do all that stuff. That's like the good side of marriage. The bad side of marriage is this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting out, Tommy. I agree with everything you're saying. We can talk about this on a different episode. Okay. Yeah, the next I, I, marriage I, I, by Master Z and Vindesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we've survived. I mean, there are plenty of marriages that don't. We survived. I survived marriage longer than I did the war. Survived. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know a lot of people have broken up and fallen by the wayside. A lot of them, man. Or they're just miserable. Yeah, well, we're miserable too, but we're okay with it. We're happy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, happy in our misery. <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like part of the club. Yeah. I'm going to get some, some buttons that we can wear around. <laughs> the sad face with a pistol next to its head. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> All right, let's get back on topic. Back to being courteous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few things you said. The segue. Yeah, yeah, we got to seg back somehow. The hope that that person gave you on the freeway, that to me is a perfect example of courtesy and what it does. It's like a breath of fresh air, restores your faith. Wow, wow, I can rely on people. Someone else has my back. I mean, in fact, we can bring this back to marriage. That's the best thing about marriage. You got someone who's in it with you who's there for you, who's got your back. It's going to ride with you, die with you. That's cool. That's a cool feeling. They're on that lifeboat from the Titanic with you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So courtesy, you got the sense of community. You got the sense of we're in it together. If something goes wrong, there are other people that I can talk to. They're not going to run away from me in horror. If you're the one being courteous, it just takes less effort. It's easier than harboring grudges and resentment. So we did a podcast a while ago, Z. I think it was called Why is Easy So Hard? And I'm reminded of this as we're talking about courtesy. On the surface, it seems like courtesy is easy. It's beneficial. It doesn't cost that much. It doesn't foster a bunch of hatred that ruins your day. But then you look at what people actually do, and we've gotten so wrapped up in our narratives about other people. I mean, either it's a function of the environment and we're trying to ward other people off, or you talk about the geopolitical situation and the commentary from various parts of the world. And it's this whole narrative of good versus bad and us versus them. And instead of courtesy and understanding, it's how can we escalate? How can we beat the other side down? 
So walk us through this. I mean, why is there the disconnect between courtesy being so basic and so beneficial versus when we actually look at where we are today, individually or socially, it seems like we've ended up in the opposite place. Yeah, well, our dog in the fight is is human well-being, mitigating human suffering. And these ideas that we are putting forth are to promote the better part of ourselves, to promote uh, well-being, to mitigate suffering. And I want to keep on track talking about that where courtesy comes in. If we look at it uh, in, in, in the micro and the macro, if you think about some of the challenges we have as individuals, courtesy could be a medicine. I tend to practice that in the most dispassionate way. Just do be courteous because you're courteous. I tell you the story about one of uh, my dear students, Anthony, was telling about his trip to Japan and how the people were standing on the street. And when the light turned red, uh, nobody went against traffic. No cars were coming. And he was curious about that. And having lived in Japan, I understood that that theme that the Japanese people were living by, this idea that if you want a courteous and good society, start in your own heart. Bow, show gratitude, acknowledge. Just do it because, not because you want something back, but because your view of the world, your idea of the world, your ethics of the world are embodied in you. So you may be courteous or even show a bit of chivalry towards someone, and they may not react in any particular way. But don't look for that. Just practice it a few times in your course of your day. I always acknowledge the wait staff at restaurants. Always. We were sitting out eating that. I, I was disappointed I didn't have any cash to give the guy. And I just looked at him, I just said, thank you, brother. Right? Just thank you, brother. We also didn't want them to spit in your yeah, food. Yeah, of course. That, that way they don't spit in your food. So it's not like you're just, I'm some magnanimous person. I don't want people spitting in my food. So I just am nice to everybody. When we go to the restaurant over here, right, Kaylin? They know what I want. I don't even have to stand in line because I've shown courtesy and I've paid it forward. Sometimes I just walk in there and tip them. Just thank you for not spitting in my food. And they, they give us good stuff. They give us free stuff. Uh, it, it, they, they look forward to it. The owner came over and gave us fencing. And that was just from being courteous. I walked into and said, if you need anything, let us know if we can help. And it comes back to you, but I didn't do it for reward. But that is the uh, effect of being courteous. There are times when people feel entitled to your submission to them. They see courteous as a, an act of submission. Well, they're fools. They're out of their mind. They're not healthy people. Don't take their judgment to heart. But for an advanced person, for a person who's operating on a higher frequency, they feel that. You get on the elevator, what floor would you like? I'm standing right by the damn button. You don't have to risk the COVID. I'll push the button for you. I'll take the bullet for you. Look at that. Just pushing the button. Yeah. I did that the other day and a family went crazy. My God, thank you. They were thanking me. And he's good God. I thought I was the sultan of uh, happiness or something. And so... That is what we want to do is it reduces stress. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think about this, you know, this experience we had a few months ago. We were in Philly as a family, and we got an Uber to mm -hmm. go back to the museum. You know, one of my daughters had been running around, and she wasn't paying attention, so she stepped on the, the seat in the Uber, and she got some dirt on it. And the student was pissed off. And I understand his point of view. I'm 
mean, he's driving around all day. He's mm-hmm. not making that much money. He's mm-hmm. got to think about keeping the car clean. So he was pissed. And then my daughter's really upset because she took this as, why is this stranger angry at me? He's an adult. What does he have against me? So she was upset. So there was a lot of tension. I mean, it was tension to the point where it was making me feel uncomfortable. And so my strategy was I engaged this dude, and I started talking to him and asked him a few questions. And suddenly there was a connection. Suddenly a lot of that disappeared. Isn't that something? As opposed to escalating and say, hey, I rented the car. You clean it up, asshole. Just courtesy. And that turns the temperature down on negativity in our world. And it exercises a part of you that is the A-ego, yeah. right? It is the opposite of egocentrism. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting because if I remember that situation, I actually was pissed off. Because I don't want some dude making my kid feel uncomfortable. That pissed me off. I mean, there's a part of me which wanted to beat him down, but it's not productive. But and also and plus, was, I get his point of view. Yeah, you sit back and think, man, these people are struggling. Mm-hmm. You get in with your untrained kids and they're, they're wiping dog poo all over the seats. Next customer doesn't want to get in. He's lost a day's wages. So if we hover over situations, we get a better perspective, even of ourselves, right? Knowing that the freeways are bad. None of it is personal. But it can escalate the minute you engage somebody and you amplify their negativity. You, now you're caught up in another thing. What if you amplified their humanity? You see? Um, general politeness they found in different civic encounters, police encounters that just the tone of voice and, and, and being courteous towards the person they're approaching things go completely different but you have the rude person that escalates, escalates, escalates now there's a shooting, a lawsuit everything else when simply a greeting excuse me yeah. how are you? Well, it's like a no-knock warrant mm-hmm. where you burst into... It's the rudest thing you could do. Yeah. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm blasting everybody running through my door. I have no idea. I got kids. I don't know what the hell you're doing here. Uh, I, the cocaine's down the street. I don't know why you're over here. I just put the cocaine over there. So why are you here? So we want to be... We want to think about it on that. The micro level is, is us. Everyday people. You don't deserve the people in your life that are there. You're not entitled to those people. So extending yourself in a gracious manner goes a long way. On a macro level, be a good observer of the world. When you listen to these streams of conversation, why is everybody so mad and rude to each other? Almost all these radio talk shows, there's an enemy, there's a villain, and there's a hero. Every one of them. Every one of them. And how do you feel? And there's no hope. The world feels hopeless if you listen to that. And they all, they tend to have these kind of shrill voices. And you should see what the left wing is doing and then the right wing is doing. It's like, my God, it's just like a chalkboard scratching. And it's hate, 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 hate. Hate, 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 hate. And you're listening to that all day, then you want to go stand in line at Starbucks and some old lady bumps into you, you want to snap her neck. I was here first. Is it really going to make that much of a difference in your life? Is it really going to make that much? And then so then we withdraw. 
we shut down our awareness of others. You got your head down on the subway, elbowing somebody on the train, trying to keep your feet off the ground from the rats, and here comes the joker on the train shooting everybody. Nobody even sees him. Somebody out of a horror movie is able to do everything they do, and nobody sees it because we're withdrawing ourselves from humanity. So we can't be safe. We can't protect each other. All because we can't be polite. So for those who are opting out, make politeness your thing. Make courtesy your thing. We practice that here. We have a lot of fun with each other. We show admiration, the mutual respect for one another, mutual admiration. We share, we exchange, and we're open-hearted. And we're free to say, you know what, I'm glad you're here and I love you. You may not like the person, but you might love them. What I mean by that is, I've always said, I don't generally like humanity, but I love humanity. So liking and loving is a little bit different, right? So the love is representing the essential being nature. Liking is the preference of individual temperament. Right? So there may be people in your family that you love, but there's a few you like. You understand what I'm saying? So we want to start with that idea, that the general idea that we are loving people. That doesn't mean you like everybody. And the people you really don't like and you have disdain and hatred for, hopefully you, they've earned that from you. And you didn't hear about it. You didn't hear rumor about it. None of that. So when you're talking about these different world leaders you're supposed to hate and somebody you're supposed to love, just avoid all that. It's not true. It's designed to rob you of your humanity so you're in constant state of fear and angst and, and, and you have this anxiety where you're constantly consuming and buying, not really addressing real issues that pertain to your daily life. You've, you've outsourced that to some news media is telling you about events that may or may be going on on the other side of the world. And now you're caught up in that, and now you're more hateful. I just saw a thing, I guess some people attacked a, a Russian uh, bakery. People didn't do anything to anybody. They're just trying to run a damn bakery. Just trying to run a bakery. They ran up to some Russian athlete and demanded that he denounce his president. The dude just wanted to play, you know, water polo or hockey, whatever. You see that one, whatever he's doing. Yeah, well, they did this with tennis players. Yes. The, the conductor of the Philharmonic in Germany lost his job because he wouldn't come out and publicly denounce Putin. And how rude is that? Do you want to listen to the symphony or do you want to discuss the, the political hype of the moment? What if I, I'm not into politics and I just happen to live somewhere or speak a language? Can I just be left alone? That's being courteous. Being courteous is just leaving people alone. Isn't that about individual liberty? If we respect individual liberty, what if we left people alone? What if we didn't impose our ways and ideas on people that we have nothing to do with anyway? Right? We come up with all sorts of rulings that affect people that are just trying to make it. And all these things that go on, when you look at the, dis the lack of courtesy, the discourteous nature of politics, 
economy is on a free fall. We're at the brink of a nuclear war. All because people want to find an enemy and promote divisiveness and hate. And here we are. How, how did that work out for you? What if somebody would have said, hey, let's be polite. Let's, let's, let's honor each other's humanity. Don't even respect it. Let's just honor humanity. What a different world we'd have in months, not years. Right? In months. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I think about this, this gets to the heart of my question. Why is it so hard? And one of the things we were talking about was the ego. And the fact that the cost of being courteous is recognizing that we're not that different. Recognizing that other people have valid points of view, valid concerns. We're all in this crazy journey together. There's a lot of commonality. But if our ego is based on an idea that we are superior, that we are morally righteous, that means that we have to demonize other people. And as soon as we start doing that, then you can't be courteous. I mean, it seems like the two are in conflict. You have a great point. I'd like everybody to think about that with the narratives of the day. Who's a war criminal? Who is in it? Well, regrettably, the U.S. has no standing to call war criminals. They should talk about other stuff. You have no standing to discuss human rights violations because you're probably, the U.S. is probably the king of human rights violations. That doesn't mean you, you hate your country. You might have a dad that's crazy as hell. You see your dad. This is where you live. This is the real estate. This is the terraformer you stand on within these borders. You make the best of it. But please don't step out of your lane. Let's not discuss human rights violations. Because if we do that, it'll open up a really scary basement of stuff that nobody wants to think about. There's a lot of rotting corpses that are being sprayed down with Febreze in this country. So let's talk about other stuff, like maybe gas prices and figuring that out, or you know, the water supply, or the meteor coming from another planet, another galaxy. But let's not talk about human rights violations. Let's not talk about madman leaders, because the U.S. is... Um, not in a good place politically. The judicial system is pretty much on a free fall. And just the momentum of the sheer wealth of the United States is keeping it going. But that's not sustainable. So we should let all that go and just focus on us first being courteous, be good people. What is good people? Live and let live. Leave people alone. Hover over and imagine yourself in another person's position, even if you don't understand it. That's where we had a big discussion with Caitlin today. She thought black people should just not complain about racism. <laughs> she said that. That's not. You did say that. No. Well, why don't you people just leave, get on your boat, and go no. back to monkey stand? You said that. <laughs> you said that, I, Caitlin. I said, you said that earlier. No, I said what prevents people who immigrated here going back to their home countries? Or maybe being bombed, their leadership being disrupted. Yeah, I was grounded. just looking for a perspective. No, you said get out. No. Love it or leave it. That's what you said. 
and you forgot that you were Native American, you became pure white right in that moment. You know you did that to us. But then you came back down to earth and ordered watermelon or something. So, so Caitlin is cool, you guys. Caitlin is cool. She came back. She was just having a moment. Okay? Very racist moment, but it was a moment. All right? So we're all good. We're back to a good place. We're back to being courteous. Your nickname for me is Becky by the door. Yes. Is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, you're my front person. People come in and they think it's a pleasant place. And then they get to meet me and they realize it is a pleasant place. But if they saw me at the door, they would just run. So, of course, you're my Becky at the door. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? No, I don't. But the, you love that but position, some, but but white women like hate being called Becky, right? Like that. Yeah. Okay, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather Karen? No. Okay, well relax, <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a little more courteous, dude. <laughs> You're giving her a hard time. Yeah, to hell with all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about practicing what we preach around here. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> no, do as we do. We are very courteous. The reason we can talk and laugh with each other, and there's no offense, or there's no ache, there's nothing but devotion and love, is because we're open-hearted, and we're courteous, and we're in gratitude. So when you're in that way, there's a stability of the relationship. The relationships are not fragile. They're not based on empty and false behavior and platitudes. There's no trigger warnings. There's no sense of in, uh, what is it, offense and things like that because we understand the essence of everything that comes up. When we hear all these other things of people feeling slighted and wanting to be recognized or they're triggered or whatever, that's because there has been a long pathology uh, of no courtesy on their part and, and, and getting it back to the world. When comedians can't tell jokes, um, it, it says a lot about you. When people are running on stage, slapping each other for old jokes and things like that, you live in a discourteous world. And it's become the standard, and it is, in, it, it is not something that is sustainable. It is not redeeming, and it lacks anything that is civil and warm. We can joke with each other. We can tease each other. We can critique each other because the essence of that is from a loving place. Isn't that right, Becky? I mean, Caitlin. But yeah. <laughs> we all love each other here. We're all a big family here. Big, we put the fun and dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, we're going to throw it down after the show. <laughs> yeah, let's be courteous. It's easy. That's the main thing to me. It's just easier. Just more harmonious. It leads to what we talked about at the beginning, which got me so emotional. This idea of being open-hearted, of valuing other people, valuing relationships. And we can't change the world. You can change yourself. And you make the world. Look at the people. I always say, look at the people in your life. Look at the loved ones. Think of the transiency of life. And get the most out of it. There are not a lot of people that are your enemies unless you've done something. Then you need to you know, prepare yourself for that. But most people that aren't... 
They're not mad at you. It's not personal. They're just mad. Subway Shooter wasn't mad at anybody. He was just mad. And the more that we promote this kind of negative, angry-based society, this entitled society, you're going to see more and more suffering. Let's do our part to see less and less suffering. Right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. That's all, folks. All right. That's all, folks. That was in a cartoon. You guys don't remember that. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.